Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 42. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you've been here a while, well, you know I love you, and I appreciate everything you do to listen along. You don't know our drill. Here's our drill. Go to my website for all of the show notes, elizabethrfuller.com. Check out my gorgeous food product commercial editorial photography. It's what I do for a living. Got to plug myself. If you have a business or you know somebody with a business that needs some photography support, I'm your gal. Shoot me an email. If you have questions for the podcast or you want to be on the podcast or you have ideas for the podcast episodes, shoot me an email at letsgoonafoodadventure at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at letsgoonafoodadventure. All right, let's do this, guys. Let's go on a food adventure. Now, is it just me or is this year literally flying by? Like, I I know I've been extremely busy with my business, among a lot of other things that's going on in my world, which I'll explain more in upcoming episodes. Um, No, I'm not pregnant. But uh, (laughs) in case everyone's like, what is she trying to tease? No, no, not pregnant. But um. No, that ship has sailed. But I, uh, I just have other things going on that I'll talk about that are more relevant in other episodes, not today's. But that being said, I don't know if because last year being so isolated from the world, well, the world being so isolated from itself, it just felt like things were a little bit in slow mo. And then this year, I, I, I can't believe it's the middle of October. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. October is a very action-packed month in our household. It's my husband Todd's birthday. So this this Saturday, if you see him, wish him a happy birthday or you can follow him on Instagram and wish him a happy birthday. Um, and I, we're almost to Halloween. So we've been watching like an insane amount. October is like all Halloween stuff. We we are that family, him and I and Oliver, our fluffy fur baby, watch every spooky movie you can watch or series or whatever. And there's always like the core ones that we watch, but we've been watching that show Squid. Oh, it's, I almost said Squid Fest. No. Squid Party? No. Squid. Squid Game. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Squid Game. And it is like a really really messed up version of the Hunger Games and really creepy and like I think October is a really good time to watch at least this show among other shows but that's not what we're here to talk about today no no we're talking about I think a very on theme topic for food which is candy because well at the end of the month it's when every kid just goes on a sugar high binge for a few days straight if they hide the candy from their parents and they were lucky enough to get out and trick-or-treat in a good area. And um, I love a good sweet. 
I like, I'm that person that after I eat something savory, you best believe I'm eating something sweet. And so I thought it would be a really nice thing to do. Talk to one of my favorite candy makers in the area. And we got down to it. So let's just jump into this, you guys. All right. My guest today. My guest today. I fell in love with their caramels, caramels, however you want to say it, years ago when we were staying at a bed and breakfast in Vermont and they gave us some in our room. They are the most delicious, scrumptious, not overly sweet, perfect chew caramel, caramel, again, however you want to say it. They have a handful of other things that they offer. They are a family-run candy shop and started in 2009 and it still is going strong today. They are on the very cusp of New Hampshire and Vermont up in this beautiful quarter of the middle of both kindest kind of middle of both states they're called red kite candy so please please welcome to the podcast kayla from red kite candy hey kayla how's it going hi elizabeth how are you i'm so good i'm so good it's so nice to chat with you and see your smiling face my fellow new englander i love it (laughs) i love like the full nobody can see this but like you can see the greenery behind you and it just looks so like you're in the forest like you're in just a cozy little nook in New England. I am. I am in the middle of Vermont. I, I mean, literally it. I'm on the edge, but you know, I'm in, I am in a, you're in like in the middle forest. edge of Vermont basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what people may or may not know is that you guys, your family and you live in Vermont, mm-hmm. but the stores in New Hampshire, which is like right across the Connecticut river. I mean, like you're what, 10 minutes away. 20 minutes. Yeah. Like 15. Yeah. We live. So we live in a region called the upper Valley and it's just basically straddles the Connecticut river, which is the border of Vermont, New Hampshire. So our production facility actually is in Vermont, like about 25 minutes North of us. And then our official store is across the river in Hanover. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So you're kind of close to some people might know it cause it's kind of a tourist, um, destination Woodstock sort of. Fairly. Yeah, for Queechy, sure. Th- that area is kind of near yeah. around where you are. And yeah. if anyone's uh, nearby, the uh, Harpoon Brewery is not too far away and it is Correct. delicious. Um, and, a good, and they have like such a good little nook of places to go. There's that jam and jelly place and then a liquor place. Yep. So you Hill. can just yeah. pull, you can pull right over. It's a nice little pit stop on your way to wherever you're going, especially yeah. with the leaf peepers right now. But yeah. we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk <laughs> about you and candy, which is so exciting. Has your family always lived in Vermont? Uh, no, no, actually we are not native Vermonters. Uh, my parents grew up in Ohio and I, we moved around my dad had different jobs as I was growing up. So we actually, I was, I'm kind of one of those people that when people ask me where I'm from, it's more of a story than an oh, answer. I love that. Um, so, but we came to Vermont when I was in fifth grade. So I've been here for a while, but not, not a native. Close enough. I mean, you've been there long enough at this point, where's your favorite place you've ever lived? If you've lived in so many places, um, probably California. Yeah. Where in California. Uh, I- uh, I lived in Bakersfield. Oh, cool. So it's a central Valley. It doesn't have like beaches or anything, but you're close to everything. You want to go to a national park. You want to go to the beach. You can do it all. And so that's where, that's where I spent the first seven years. 
Oh yeah. That's a huge difference. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm very, to me, like blazing sun is the default. Yeah. Uh, so I not here. No, no, <laughs> no, no, but where you're going, cause you are full disclosure, moving back yes. out West shortly. And you're going to, um, basically like where the sun doesn't set almost, I mean, it is blazing in Arizona. Yeah. So. Yeah. Phoenix is pretty intense, but I, I mean, I'm not saying I love July and August, but I, I do, I do. No, like but you can get away. Hot. Yeah, you can, I can come here. You can come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your family's <laughs> not going anywhere. Exactly. You can always come back here on vacation. I love that. Why did they pick New Hampshire then for the store? Um, we have always, you know, like I said, this area is basically just, it's one area and we have always had a ton of customers from New Hampshire, friends from New Hampshire. Um, it just really happened that way that the right place that we found happened to be um, in New Hampshire, we did consider like, there's such a cachet sometimes with Vermont foods and like a, mm-hmm. the whole specialty industry, but we really, um, we feel pretty loyal to our community, which includes a ton of people in New Hampshire. Cause Lebanon is also just South and the whole Dartmouth area and Dartmouth yeah. And that's like a big part of our customer base. So that's awesome. Well, Hey, I'm from New Hampshire originally live free or die. So yeah. Um... <laughs> I love that. I think that's awesome. What did your family do before? Cause so the candy business came what, uh, 2009-ish, 2010-ish? Okay. So what did you guys do before you decided to open basically Willy Wonka's (laughs) caramel factory? Do you say, wait, okay, hold on. Do you say caramel or caramel? I say caramel. Okay, great. Yeah. Me too. My husband constantly makes fun of me. That is so funny because I very rarely meet other people up here that say caramel. And I'm very, I try to be very cognizant of not sounding like I'm correcting people, but I also don't want to say caramel. So no, there's too many syllables. Correct. Neither one is correct. No, they're they're kind of potato, potato. Like it doesn't matter. Exactly. Right. It's like Bahamas, Bahamas. Like, well, that one's stupid, (laughs) but yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So we're on the same caramel page. So, okay. What did you guys do before you got into the candy business? Um, well, my mom, she actually, she worked in merchandising and then she quit when I was born to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, so she didn't go directly from merchandising to candy. So she was a stay-at-home mom and then she started. Um, my dad actually worked in mapping. He worked <laughs> for like Tom Tom and um Oh wow. Or, or he worked for like GDT and uh yeah, Tom Tom is the other company. And so they make like uh you know, there's Garmin and all of those things before we all just used Google maps on our phone. Like, he, yeah. Oh, um, I had, yeah, I had a yeah. Garmin. I think I even had a Tom Tom at one yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on those exact companies. It's all kind of the same. No, we won't. Mind. But not gonna yeah, fact check you. he did all of that, you know, worked on that software and mapping and stuff like that. So he comes from a geology background. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. So how did they pick candy then? Like wh- where did that um, the link really is, uh, my mom always was a candy hobbyist and she would make caramels and toffee and something that we, so we, we still make those. Um, we don't always have Buckeyes, but then being from Ohio, like we would always make Buckeyes yeah. you know, on holidays. And so I would give it to my teachers and everyone, you know, she just, she loved doing that around the holidays. So that was kind of the link. And then when, um, when my youngest brother, went into kindergarten and I went off to college. That's when she decided she would try to turn it into a business. But so it it was always there in the background. It just wasn't a business. What was the first thing you guys made 
like when you decide to actually turn this into a business that sold? Um, the, the caramels. So what we currently sell is our original flavor caramel is, the, oh, that was well, the it's, it's, it's the gateway drug to <laughs> red is. kite. I mean, it is so freaking good. I can eat <laughs> the problem with them is that you, they're so addicting that you can keep eating them because they're not overly sweet, even though they are, they have yeah. a ton of sugar in them. Like, yeah. You, there must be this beautiful balance of salt or some, some a, magic that you're putting a lot in of dairy. <laughs> yeah. Because it balances out nicely enough that you, you can eat an obscene. <laughs> I have eaten an obscene amount of them. So that's mm. awesome. And they're still your mainstay. It's probably what you sell and what you're known for are these yeah. caramels. The caramels. Yeah. Our best selling flavor is actually the sea salt kind. Um, yeah sweet and salty baby exactly it's like basically the original but you have a little touch of salt at the end my palate Mm -hmm. has gotten sensitive enough that I think I still prefer the original because that's where you taste like it's just it's like bare naked you just anything that if we messed up you're gonna taste it and you know that's awesome so I'm like oh this is great (laughs) so now what do you do for the company um my official title is I basically I do like all the brand and partnership stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously in a small business also wipe down the tables and bar <laughs> and like sometimes those... take out the trash. Exactly. Your mom needs help with a dish. Yes. You're, you're in there. Yeah. For sure. Uh all those things I, I do. But yeah, that's my kind of my official at a at the highest level. I do all the brand stuff. So like the look and feel and who we work with and stuff like that. That's awesome. Is it hard working for a family business being part of the family? Yes, it is. <laughs> like full you stop. You don't it's... even hesitate. You're like, yep. yep. Yesterday was a tough day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, I kind of joke that it's basically like candy boss. It's like cake boss without the Jersey. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the same, I should say without the Jersey accent. Yeah. Most other things are pretty similar. Really? You just, yeah. I mean, at least with my family, like we're not very calm bunch. That's um, so, and you're, but here you're so Zen and you're so calm. Like you're, <laughs> you're helping me get calm, but like in reality, you guys are in the kitchen screaming at each other. Like, why did you do this? Like a little bit, because I think what happens and this is probably true. I think it's really true with any small business, but it's really true with family business that you're juggling, you're juggling personal relationships and professional relationships, but you're also juggling the past. Yeah. So there's all kind of, and you don't want to like hurt people, but things need to get done. And you're, you're juggling so much that I think that it just becomes a little taxing and you start being really direct. <laughs> Absolutely. People. And like, you have to almost compartmentalize when you walk mm-hmm. into the door that you're not family anymore, even though you are, yeah. but you, ha- you yeah. have to, you can't take things overly personal because yeah. if you were in a business setting, you would have to say some hard things we all have mm-hmm. to, to people that you're like, this needs to get done. This should have yeah. gotten done two weeks ago and you didn't do it. Or like two years ago. Or two years ago. And I don't care <laughs> why, but like you need yeah. to get, it's it just, yeah, I, I hear you. That's tough. Yeah. So why is it called red kite candy? Um, so the short answer the typical public answer is that my mom used to fly. <laughs> my mom used to fly kites with her brother. And that's just one of her favorite childhood memories. 
That's adorable. Um, and now what's the real answer? The, the, but, yeah, well, there is a real answer. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's true, but there's yeah. more to it. It's uh, her brother actually passed away in 1991. And so that's just an extra layer of meaning to that. Yeah. Um, then also what's funny is that years after we were called Red Kite, uh, my grandma, my mom's mom sent, she found and sent photos of my mom actually flying a red kite, but she Aww. didn't really remember, like, was it red? Was it, you know what I mean? But her yeah. brother had taken this picture of her flying this red kite. And so I was like, oh my gosh, which happened totally after the fact. So that's awesome. So it's like an homage later. to uh, her brother, her childhood. Yeah. Everything. That's really beautiful. Now you mentioned it, your, your favorite caramel is the original but is that your favorite candy right now that you make because you guys make a, a a range of things we do yeah uh, it's very caramel heavy but uh yeah we do make some other things I would say right now and I feel bad saying this because by the time this airs this will not be available but oh no then... <laughs> 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 that's just <laughs> That's the part of New England that has rubbed off on me. I'm like, whatever, it's yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. You'll it. move on. Um, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll something get it else. next year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, is our, our ice cream. Oh, so yeah. So we've yeah. been making, we don't make our own ice cream yet. We're hoping to do that. It's a whole, you know, uh, other thing. Yeah. Um, we do get local ice cream, but uh, but we've been making like caramel sauce and crushing toffee bits, mm. chocolate sauce, like all this on Sundays and making these fruit sauces when things are in season oh. and I can't stay away from that. Oh yeah. That's sad for everyone who's not, uh, not local yeah, or it is. That is listening well, we'll have, to this in October. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have stuff. Yeah. If, well, I think we're going to, we're going to stretch it into October as long as we can. Yeah. So um, this, but... this will come out mid October. So maybe just maybe <laughs> You can run yeah. over and get that last Sunday people, but we could, yeah. If you were to like, send us an email on the website or something like we could probably arrange a little special. Oh, there you go. That. All right. Insider. I love it. So we got a ton of listener questions. Do you want to dive into them? People love candy. Yes. I think it makes <laughs> us feel like kids and there's something really light and joyful about eating candy. So yeah, we got, and there, these are some really good listener questions. Not that they're normally not, they, they're all pretty good, <laughs> but this, this batch was good. Uh, Marcus from Instagram writes, I feel like if my family owned a candy company, I would be the size of a whale with a ton of cavities. Is it as cool as I think it would be to work for a candy company or do you barely eat it now? I think that in terms of actually eat, see, there's sort of an extra layer here mm. where a lot of people assume, and I totally understand that working for a candy company means constantly being around candy. And that's not quite true because, you know, like my job, like I we're searching for a store manager for my move and all that kind of stuff. So I am actually around candy all day and it is hard, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of, a lot of what you do is really you're not necessarily around the candy long enough to eat it. You're making it, packing it, shipping it out, you know, that kind of thing. So it's really, for me, it's when we taste test or we have a new thing, then it's really hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you could become, it's, it's like anything, you know, you love it, you get into it, you realize a lot of it's, a lot of it's, I mean, I don't personally do a lot of paperwork, but there's, you know, Oh, there's yeah, that absolutely. stuff in every yeah. job. So it's like, it wouldn't actually feel like being in the Willy Wonka factory, but I would say that I've gotten, I mean, to more bluntly answer the question, I would say nothing tastes worse to me being used to it, but it is easier to just not 
eat do, it, overdo it. I, Fridays, yeah. Fridays are my day. I let myself do whatever I want. Every other day, I can control. You rein it in a little <laughs> bit. Then Friday comes, you're like, woo, let's yeah. dive in. Yeah, I yeah. hear you. I would, I would have to really be very mindful of walking around and being like, oh, whoops, because I would stress eat <laughs> the shit out of all of it. And yeah. so- yeah, I, I, you've got way more self-control than I do. I, and especially at first I would eat every, I would literally take a bite of everything. Candace in Connecticut writes, I'm starting to bake more again now that fall is here. What is your favorite recipe to use your caramels in? Um, I really like it as a sauce to just drizzle mm. on like ice cream or apple slices or, you know, whatever. Um, so I, cause I like, I just like sauces and dips. Yeah. But you can, I also really like it. Um, if you make a thick sauce, you can put it in like chocolate chip cookies Ooh. or peanut butter cookies or whatever you want really, but you can bake with that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really good. Awesome. Okay. I'll put some recipes in the show notes for Candace. Josh in Massachusetts writes, I feel like I have a million kitchen gadgets. Do I really need a candy thermometer or can I just use a normal kitchen thermometer? Josh, <laughs> I can even answer this, but I'll let Kayla <laughs> go right ahead. Um, it, I would say it kind of depends. I mean, a high quality thermometer is a high quality thermometer and it's going to measure what you need measured basically, as long as it's not a weather thermometer. Um, but <laughs> the key, <laughs> you never know. You really, never know. that's very true. That's very um, true. <laughs> but the main, one of the main perks with a candy thermometer is that it's lo- it's got a longer like measuring device. And so if you're cooking something that could boil and burn you, you're not in really as much danger. If you use that, we don't use candy thermometers because we, use, well, we use like a thermopin. Um, it's that kind of, if you've watched like bake off, when yeah. they are making a caramel in a pan or something like it, they have like bright red and I think blue like handles. It's just little oh, you know, wow. a thermometer, but it's called thermopin. And that's what we use um, for smaller batch things. But our caramels, like we make them in the big copper kettles and that has a thermometer built in. It has yeah. other things. So we don't, we don't need to use that. And we also don't really make a lot of like hard candy. Yeah. So we know the temperature of what we need to make and and the look and feel of it at this point too, that like, I think even if the thermometer broke, you guys would be a-okay. We would be probably okay. But you know, it's, yeah, if you don't want more gadgets, then don't get a candy thermometer. It's not dire. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think depending if you're going to make, um, hard candies or, if you've really never worked with sugar before, you might want to spend the 20 bucks or whatever it mm-hmm. is. I don't even think it's that true. much to get one. Um, and like you said, when you're boiling something in a pot, if it's the candy thermometer is great because it goes in a little deeper and it has that clip that'll clip onto the side of the pot. So then your hands free and you can just watch it go up. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, one that you would stick in a piece of meat or something like that, it's going to touch the bottom of the pan unless you're Mm -hmm. holding it and hovering it. And like you just said, you could burn yourself, Josh. So I would spend the money. (laughs) Yeah. If you're really, I mean, buddy. Yeah. It does depend on what you're making. It's, I think you can always just thrift it afterwards, you know, totally. Yeah. Get rid of it. If you achieve a level of Candium expertise or whatever. <laughs> you don't need like, it anymore. You don't need it anymore. Pass it on. <laughs> right. Kristen California writes, I love your caramels. I was visiting Vermont and stumbled upon them a few years ago and just can't get enough. Now we have our family members 
that are in New England go and buy them and ship them to us. Are you making anything new for the fall or the holidays? Um, we are making something new for the fall. Mm. We So I'll say this because I'll say the holiday thing first because it's quicker. We mm-hmm. probably are not going to be introducing anything completely new to us at the holidays because it gets crazy. And especially with COVID, like there's not a lot of hiring going on and that kind of thing. So, but we do bring back uh, each year we bring back a gingerbread flavored caramel. Ooh. We blend our own gingerbread spices and throw that in. Um, and we have peppermint bark. So oh. if you don't know about those things, they'll be back. Uh, but our truly new thing, we are going to try to introduce actually in late October. So, yeah. And I, I can tell, I, well, I'll tell you what it is. If everyone promises that, like, if it doesn't happen by then that, that nobody's mad. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you really never know. You hope and pray, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. So uh, this is no, like, this, guys, this is, um, don't hold us to it. This is yeah, the this idea. Is like, this is the, yeah. And we're pretty far, I mean, we're pretty far along into the testing process. Like, we know we're going to have this type of candy, but we don't know exactly what the flavor is going to be and when it's going to happen and everything. But we are mm-hmm. making candy bars. Oh, so keep your eye out for candy yes. bars. But again, yeah. <laughs> you don't know when. Yeah, we're, we're so. hoping for like, you know, late October. We're hoping for the first one to be a triple chocolate candy bar. Um, but yeah, oh. we'll, we'll see. I don't like to promise. And then, it you know, we move it back or, or whatever yeah. happens. But. Uh, yeah, when my mom used to say, we'll see, that meant no. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my, as a little kid, I'd be like, no CCs, mama, no CCs. Cause it was, I was, <laughs> we'll see. I'm like, well, that means fucking no. Thanks, yeah, mom. All right. So Pam from Instagram writes, do you have any tips for anyone looking to make chocolate turtles or other chocolate treats at home? Pam, that's a great segue from the candy bar. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, I actually do. And that would be to decide, understand what tempering chocolate is. And if you really have to do that, um, because it can get really complicated really quick and you may not really need to do it. So if people don't know tempering chocolate, like tempered chocolate is when it's got a snap and it's shiny. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what you're going to find in a lot of like Valentine's chocolates, high-end chocolates, things like that. Um, untempered chocolate doesn't necessarily mean low quality. It's just that a lot of high quality chocolate products are tempered. Um, Mm -hmm. and it basically, it's very hard to do. It has to do with rearranging the crystal structure of the cocoa butter in the chocolate. And, um, a lot of people try that when they don't really need to, or want to, because you don't really necessarily, like if you're going to make, so we make our turtles, we temper the chocolate because I mean, we're selling them and and everything, but also our turtles are actually shaped like a turtle with like a shell. Super cute. And they're not like a blob, which is fine. But if you had a blob of chocolate with just a bunch of pecans in it and caramel and stuff, you probably don't want to temper the chocolate. It's going to be really hard to eat if it's yeah. really thick and it's tempered, you know? So just decide if you need to do that. And then if you do probably set some time aside to practice that before you try to make all of your stuff, because it's just really hard and the temperature and all that stuff has to be right. And yeah, I mean, you Big you deal. have to be very careful about if a molecule of water gets into it. Yep. And yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I agree. It, but it's it's possible to do it. You mm-hmm. just like you said, you just need to practice. And do you really want that texture and snap with what mm-hmm. you're right. making? Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes of how yeah. to temper chocolate, and then um, 
Um, people make your decision. One more thing about tempering chocolate. Also make sure that you are trying to temper actual chocolate with cocoa butter in it. Mm. Not everything marketed in the United States as chocolate is technically chocolate with cocoa butter. So if you're trying to, I won't name any brands, but if you're trying to like buy a bar off the shelf and melt it down and it's not tempering, it might be because it's actually doesn't have cocoa butter in it, which is what. So what would be a brand that you would recommend? Like Valrona? Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Uh, we use Calibo. Uh Um, and I, we buy, like we buy wholesale. So I don't know about the consumer market as well, but yeah, basically anything, anything with, with cocoa butter should be fine. And then, yeah, you could, you just buy a baking block of of chocolate. That'll Mm -hmm. be also more price cost-effective. Yeah. And how would you store the chocolate that you're not using? Would you put that like the baking block, would you just put it in a cool, dark place? Yeah. Hopefully dry, cool and dry. dry. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a good one too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause, um, that's something I always struggle with because then if you don't, you get that little white filmy. It it yeah. 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 It blooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has happened to me more times than I can tell you. Did I still <laughs> eat it? You better believe I did. It still, it still happens to us. Yeah. We just, would just, you know, give that away to some lucky people. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's not happens. as pretty, but it's still edible. It it's is, not, definitely. yeah, I know. Jack in DC writes, I've tried to make caramel so many times and honestly, it never comes out right. Do you have any tricks for making it come out well edible? Oh, Jack, I'm guessing Jack's burning it. Like, yeah, that's probably, it's so Which easy I, to burn. It is. And I've seen it a million times on the baking shows, like where on the British baking show, they're trying mm-hmm. so hard and they're in such a rush and they just can't get it. And they just keep here's, burning it. Here's what I think they're doing. Yeah. They're basically making the caramel that they need for their recipe. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're making a really small amount. And mm-hmm. so, but there's only you know, your stove is going to get really hot, even on the lowest setting. So you probably have like a heat and surface area to caramel ratio issue where you're not, the heat isn't low enough for that small amount of caramel to actually do the like low and slow thing that you need. So what I would recommend is basically kind of, you know, if possible, have some friends over and you can therefore, okay, you can make more caramel. They can take it home. You can use more, whatever. So you can actually make the size batch that you need to not really scorch like a very small amount. And then also that way you could take turns stirring. Cause you might be sitting there stirring for three hours. <gasps> that's not, yeah. I mean, uh, like that's, we, we cook our caramel for a really long time. And thankfully, you know, we do have the kettle with the rotator, but you need to constantly be stirring that. So if you, I mean, who can stand there for three hours? Like very few people. No, can I can so barely do risotto for yeah. half an hour, let alone yeah. three hours for yeah. caramel. I'm not, oh my God. I'm not saying it has to be three hours, but what really matters, like the final temperature and all of that really matters and you can't rush it or you end up with, you know, it's really hard. It's like a block of burnt. So the you longer know. you stir low and slow where it's at that soft bubble, that rolling soft blah, blah, blah bubble. Mm-hmm. Does that mean then the caramel gets softer and stays softer once it cools? Um, I'm not sure because there are, there are a lot of things that we do together to get mm-hmm. our soft texture. Um, 
I mean, rushing it, like, you know, I don't know the exact science behind it, but I would imagine what happens when you're rushing it is like, I mean, if you're really rushing it, first of all, you're not giving time for the moisture to evaporate out. That needs Mm. to happen. I think you're basically trying to balance getting all the moisture out, but not burning the sugar. And that's what the low and slow helps with. Um, Mm. So if you were to rush it, that's why a lot of commercial caramels are so hard is like, there are a lot of factors, but a lot of it's like, it's sometimes harder to make money the longer you cook something you need to oh, get yeah, the batches out. And so yeah, there's less dairy and uh, the whole thing is more concentrated with sugar, which obviously compare it to a hard candy, which is pure sugar, the harder it is probably the more sugar there is in it, at least in terms of, you know, in, in ratio with, yeah. with like other things and how long you cooked it and stuff. So let, I guess we should have at the top talked about this, but we're here now. So caramel <laughs> is sugar, butter and mm-hmm. heavy cream so, or is it yeah, just sugar and butter times, sometimes people just do sugar and butter there's people so the inside of our toffee is is english toffee style that's like a we just call it a butter crunch people seem to that resonates with them. yeah it's technically just that's what toffee is and some people sugar consider yeah some people consider that to be caramel and caramel is toffee and there's taffy yeah. and you know it, it's i don't know that there's like a true settled thing uh, we are very dairy heavy in our caramels, but you'll find caramels that, I mean, they should have some dairy, Yeah, but they might be less on like the heavy cream and milk and stuff like that. Cause we use, we use butter, whole milk and cream. Yeah. For your soft ones. Yeah. Yeah. So then, cause I was under the impression that when you're making say a hard, like English toffee style mm-hmm. caramel that you don't stir it or do you stir it? Um, we stir ours. Do you? Because yeah. I wasn't sure if like that ruined the structure of, I'm not a chemist. I am not <laughs> a scientist. I am talking and just trying to describe something, but I thought it ruined the molecular structure of the molecules in the pan that like, then all of a sudden, sometimes it crystallizes is that like, how do you, okay, here's another question. How do you save, can you save a caramel that's starting to crystallize in the bottom of a pan? I don't think so. Really? Given, given the anger and tears that I've seen on Bake Off, I don't think it's possible, (laughs) but I don't actually know. I mean, yeah, that would, that would be a better question for probably for my dad at this point. Like there are a lot of them, they're like my mom's recipes and he's like Mr. Science. And he, I mean, they're all the same kind of recipes, but they've been refined for like, you know, if you've made caramels at home, like even if they're really good, they're still kind of oily. Yeah. We've done things to take that out and, and everything. So I don't know. I mean, with toffee and also again, like there's, there's different words for different things. So all I know is that what we make yeah. Which we call toffee. Yeah. And it's, it is at least a kind of toffee. Yeah. We, it gets stirred. We have a little, a tiny machine that mm. makes that center so that we don't have to stir it, but it has a rotating like thing in it blade or whatever. That's awesome. Okay, cool. I'll, I will do a little Googling Yeah, and uh, I'll add it in the show notes. And if your dad has any tips or tricks that you can email me, then I'll put okay. those in the show notes. I would love that. Dave in New Jersey writes, have you guys ever had any candy fails over the years or things you thought would work and just didn't sell? Um, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, cause not everything you try can be a home run. I don't think we've had, we've never had anything where people came back and, you know, really hated it or like never bought it or anything like that. But uh, 
we did do a partnership with uh, actually a great organization here in Vermont called Vermont Adaptive Ski and Sports. They provide like mm-hmm. literally what it says, adaptive ways to do outdoor sports. And uh, we did a partnership with them and, and there was this um, an event, I don't know, it wasn't quite like a festival, but it was this thing at Long Trail Brewery. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to make a beer caramel to be on theme. And we tested a bunch of different beers and like ways to make it, it ended up being, you know, I, I think it's kind of like if you were already drinking beer, like some people liked it. I think it goes yeah. well, if you're already drinking beer, then you don't really notice the beer. And if you like beer, it's like whatever, but we, people actually liked it well at the festival. Like it was okay, but we thought like, we're like, we're never going to do that again. Like <laughs> it's not really us. Like we, we kind of want to knock people out. Like this is a little like, eh, I don't know. It's for some people, but you know, we, t- we do tend to stay with pretty classic familiar flavors and we might mix them up in new ways, but it was, we won't be doing that again. No. no. Well, it's like, <laughs> there, I've had other companies who've done like scotch car- caramels yeah. and like, the, I don't like peaty smoky scotches and the uh-huh. scotch they used in it was a peaty smoky scotch. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. yeah, no, it's a no for me. It's yeah. And it's tough because you have to stay new and relevant, but sometimes yeah. some flavors are just not that Avenue. No, I agree. But I'm, I'm down with the gingerbread. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, Courtney from Instagram writes, I love stocking up on your candy. What is the best way to store your candy and caramel? Uh, should I put it in the fridge or freezer to make it last longer? Um, the caramels, well, it depends. If you're not going to eat your caramels in the next week or so, then we recommend freezing them. You can get away with the fridge, but the freezer is what's going to actually really stop the aging process. Um, and they're not going to go bad. They're not going to be, you know, if you find one in a year, it's not like it becomes poisonous. It's just going to get a crust over it. And, you know, I mean, they're not cheap. Like you pay for high quality things. So you might as well eat it when it's that quality. So, um, yeah, freezer is what's going to make them last for a long time, but everything else is pretty low maintenance, like chocolate and other sugary things. Just keep in a cool, dark place. You generally don't want to cool chocolate. Like it's not all, you know, that can make it bloom. Um, if anything, just other items in there can make it scratch if you want it to stay pretty, but chocolate just needs to be kept out of heat and humidity. It doesn't really need anything to stop. It's not going to do anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And plus just eat it. Um, how long will, (laughs) (laughs) will will the caramel keep in the freezer? You think like Uh, several months, several months. Yeah. I mean, we've, yeah, we've pulled some out. Like sometimes we lose stuff. It'll like fall behind certain you know, like yeah, bins of things do. and stuff. And yeah. And uh we'll find we're like, oh, what's home. this little buried treasure back <laughs> yeah. here? Yeah, like we'll find some. And we're curious, we're like, well, what if somebody found this in their home? Like, what are they experiencing? You know, so we'll eat it and like it's generally fine. I mean, the only thing would be if you don't get an airtight seal, just like anything, you could start tasting kind of the freezer air. Oh yeah. But it's basically still fine. And everybody has a different idea of fine. That's the thing, because we're so picky. Like even even after a couple like like once it hits that week mark like we're just like oh no mm, it's deteriorating like don't sell this you know and everyone else is like I don't know what you're talking about so it's pretty subjective we've had people find like unchilled caramels in their work drawer desk and stuff a year later eat it tell us it was fine and just kind of smile and nod. Okay, sure it was. Sure <laughs> like, I wouldn't that do that, out. but yeah, more, more yeah. to you. Yeah. Like, not uh, why we make awesome. it, but you're good. All right, cool. Will in New York writes, 
I know this sounds silly, but I'm kind of a self-proclaimed food science nerd. Are there any certain days or types of days that are better for making candy than others? Like if it was humid out, would that be a bad day to make candy? Yes. Yes. It would be a Humidity is not your friend, Will. It's not. It's not. Heat and humidity, especially if together, are not not your friend. And uh, even with air conditioning, you know, you still don't get rid of all the humidity. It can be, it can feel fine to you, but the candy will not behave well. So, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons, obviously, like December is a gift giving season. It's the holidays, but also the fall and in that season, they're popular for candy making because that's when you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything cools down and, you know, like, there are times in the summer where we don't, we only get two batches of caramels cooked because it's just too hot for it to really cool. And there's so much steam and everything. And then in December, like we could, I mean, I think there's days where we've gotten five done and they, they take hours, you know, so it's, it's a big deal, but you can just do more because it's behaving well and you don't have to like, it cools quickly and everything and behaves well. And yeah, you don't want to fight against heat and humidity, but you also, Mm -hmm. it depends on where you live. Like you know, in New England, what's considered dry is considered pretty humid. Yeah. Like out West. So if you're, you live in Phoenix and it's like 10% humidity out, I don't know, like you might be looking at getting a humidifier so that it actually behaves this way or that way. And I don't know. I've only. Yeah. Same thing probably with, um, altitude too. I wonder if that makes a difference. Like if you're in Denver, that's interesting. I think we're at like, we're really low. We're like, like, we are basically a hundred feet or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're as we low live, as low could be. Yeah, like we live, you know, in the, the river valley kind of. So we're, yeah. Yeah. I've never, no experience with altitude either, but it, I think it's. it's I would imagine it. it affects the cooking process. I bet it would take a lot longer to cook because yeah. um, that always, altitude always affects that. But then I would guess it also would take longer to set too. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to invest more time into yeah. that. Um Last listener question, Olive from Instagram writes, I was reading a fun fact about candy and I was wondering if it's true or not. Is it really not okay to double a recipe when you're trying to make candy? Is it? Science? Um, <laughs> well, I don't, it's, it depends on what you're making. You know, obviously candy is always going to be sugar heavy, but Caramels are really different than hard candy, which is really different from something like nougat. I mean, it it is all different. I would think that really honestly, it's not so much that doubling it is bad. It's that you can't expect the same heat and time rules to apply to doubling a a batch. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Because if you double what you're baking, you still might have to tweak a little bit, but it's not going to be that much. Whereas but imagine like if you normally make 12 cupcakes at a time and then suddenly you want to make like 80, your oven is, this is going to change the time and the heat and yeah. Like that. So I, I, that's probably more what that's about. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like say you were going to double a brownie recipe, but you wanted to cook it in the same pan because it would all fit as the mm-hmm. other recipe. It's going to take a hell of a lot longer to cook because it's got exactly. more brownie to cook through. Yeah. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. I love that. And, um, all of just take your time. One, do one, one at a time, girl. Yeah. One at a time. <laughs> all right. What are you currently making right now at home? It's fall here in new England. It is fall. 
yeah. all of our all of our recipes are, have to do with red kite. It's pretty much that's one of the things about it's hard to work for a family business because it's all consuming. It's one of those things I imagine. I don't have children, but it I imagine that it's a little bit in that arena of like how do you describe what it's like to have kids? You know, obviously it's really hard, but it's really rewarding and you give up this stuff, but you gain this in return. And so it, it all has to do with red kite. That's pretty much everything. So we're trying to make, we're trying to make our last fruit Sunday of the season, which is going to be an apple pie Sunday. Yum. And so right now we're trying to figure out, we're going to, we have an apple pie and a crust recipe that we always have made, but we're trying to figure out how to get little tiny like cookie cutter size pie crust shapes. We're just, we're just developing that right now, like figuring out if they're going to be cookie cutter shaped or if we're going to make little mini pie tops, you know, or doing so that, that's kind of what we're oh, working man. on, which is consequently what I'm working on. <laughs> that's so exciting. So, I, I can't wait yeah. to see how that plays out. And the candy bars. And the candy bars. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I love that. So how can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, redkitecandy.com. You can order online. We ship nationwide. Um, we also have our store in Hanover. We're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to five ice cream is Fridays and Saturdays only from 12 to five. Um, hopefully we'll expand that, you know, in the future, but for right now, those are the hours. And, uh, yeah, if you wanted to, the contact form on our website goes right to my email. We all see all the notes that come through. It's you know, it's pretty easy to find us. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Redkitecandy.com. We also have a, we're redkitecandy on Instagram. It's the only social media that we use. Yep. Awesome. All right. Last question. If COVID wasn't a thing, which it's kind of not anymore and it is, but it isn't. And you had all the money in the world, where are you going and what are you going to eat? I absolutely would go to Naples and I would get myself an authentic Neapolitan pizza. Yeah. Coming. I love that <laughs> full, adventure. Full stop. Yeah. And I would go, I mean, I would really go around all of Italy and, uh, and just eat all of the like baked goods and candy and just like, we're very European inspired. Uh, we do have a classic kind of Midwestern touch, uh, I think to our design, but it's also very European inspired. So I've wanted to get over there. I've been to Europe a few times. I've never been to Italy, but I want to go around it. Cause we actually have an old Fiat. Like we have a, a real <gasps> Fiat 500. Oh. Uh, that we've named Pepino. Oh. <laughs> and, and so I, I just feel this connection and that's what I would love to do. Okay. That's wonderful. When you go, I'll send you a whole list of things to do. My husband and I went for about a month, so I've got tons okay. and tons of stuff. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to see you and eat some candy together. And I hope you have a fabulous afternoon. Yes. You as well. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Kayla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us all about candy, caramel, caramels, turtles, it all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll link all of their information in the show notes. If you happen to be in that area, maybe you're leaf peeping, maybe you're visiting Vermont or New Hampshire, up now in New England, looking at fall, stop by their store. Their candy is amazing. You have questions for the podcast or you want to be on the podcast, please shoot me an email at let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Don't forget to go to my website for all of the show notes and everything else, elizabethrfuller.com, and tag me on Instagram and all of your food adventures at let's go on a food adventure. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
make some yummy food together this weekend. Lead with kindness, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye!